Welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 24, Parent-Teacher Relationships, Focusing on the Good Ones. If you don't know me, I've been in education for over 18 years in various different roles, including teaching for 10 years, working in corporate education for five years, and more recently became the founder of Educators to Educators. You can learn more about what we do at Educators to Educators and how we can support you to live a happy and healthy life as a teacher at educators2educators.com. Don't forget that is the number two. Today, we're going to talk about a topic, parent-teacher relationships, and how we can focus on the good parents who are supportive. The majority of parents are supportive of teachers, but I think we all have a parent or a handful of parents that can sometimes drag us down and make us feel beat up in the teaching profession. Today, it's going to be just me on the podcast talking about parent-teacher relationships. I tried this a few weeks back and got a lot of really great feedback, so we're going to give it another go. I've started something new this season on Educators to Educators. I've been reading some of your reviews from the podcast store. First of all, thank you to all of you that have left me a review. It adds fuel to my fire, and it also helps other teachers find Educators to Educators podcast. Thank you so much to Leslie VT1, who wrote the most practical advice you need for teaching. I listen on my way to school and use the tips the very same day. So nice to hear educators' voices in such a positive way. Well, thank you, Leslie, for your positivity and encouragement to keep us going here at Educators to Educators. Today, we're going to focus on three areas, as we always do, within the realm of parent-teacher relationships. Today, we're going to focus on three areas, as we always do, within the realm of parent-teacher relationships. I'm not going to even call these tips that I'm going to give today more than I am going to call them reminders. I truly believe you would not be listening to this podcast today if you weren't already an outstanding teacher. I'm just here to bring you a few reminders to maybe help you out and help you just be a happier teacher. So let's talk about parent-teacher relationships. You know, I always like to start off with some type of a story, and this story is one I'm never, ever going to forget. Many of you remember if you were teaching when Sandy Hook happened, the horrible tragedy where many, many students lost their lives. After the Sandy Hook tragedy, things changed a lot in schools, especially around security. At the time, I was working in a 100-year-old building in the middle of Chicago. And we worked, uh, our building was on a very, very busy intersection. The building was three stories tall, and it was huge. We housed pre-K through eighth grade in one building. And my classroom was on the very top floor, the third floor. So actually there were four floors, a basement and three floors. So I was at the very top and I was at the very back of the building that faced out into the playground. And we had come up with some really strict policies around who could be in the school, that anyone in the school that didn't work there had to wear a guest name tag and register at the office. 
And there were lots of, there was lots of communication at home to parents and everyone about these new rules. And one of the new rules was that uh, when we dismissed students, because we had, gosh, maybe six different entrances and exits to that building, that after school dismissal, we as teachers had to walk our class out and we had to shut the door behind us, which was locked. We were not allowed to let students or parents back in the building after we dismissed class. So if a parent or student needs to get back into the school, it was required that they go around to the front of the school and enter through the security um, gate and then go to the front office. So we were practicing this and one sunny afternoon, I walked out with my class and a lot of my parents parked or walked to school to pick up their kids. So a lot of times the parents were standing right there at the door to say hello to their kids after dismissal. And so I dismissed my students and parents and some of my students were just lingering, standing there, um, chatting and hanging out. And I had closed the door behind me and I was standing there and all of a sudden a man comes up with his fifth grade daughter and I didn't recognize either one of them. And the daughter says, the student says to me, Mrs. Conover, I need to get back into the building. I forgot my reading log and uh, my homework packet. And I said, okay, well, uh, that's a bummer. You're going to have to go around to the front of the school and go through the front entrance. And the girl says, no, I just need to go back in really quick to my classroom. And I said, I'm so sorry. The rules say that you cannot go back in. You have to go around. Then the dad who, by the way, was like, I don't know, I'm almost five, I'm five, nine ish, five, 10. And he was over six feet tall, stands up and gets in my face and starts yelling at me about why uh, he, I need to let his daughter back into the school building. And as he starts to raise his voice, I see my students that are lingering there like bug-eyed looking at me. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I am an example for these kids right now of how to handle conflict. And at that point I was still pretty calm. And so I was just repeating the same things over. The rules are this, you're gonna have to go around to the front of the building. And the dad said something to the effect of, well, you stupid, bad word, bleep, bleep, uh, you need to let my daughter in the building. And I said, your daughter should be remembering their homework when they leave school. And if she forgets it, she has to go to the office to get permission to go to the classroom. And he continues to raise his voice and call me lots of horrible names. And there are my nine and 10 year old students standing there staring, watching the whole thing. And once again, remind you, I'm trying to be a good example of how to handle conflict and stay calm. But let me tell you, there was a fire raging inside of me. I was shaking. I was embarrassed. I was mad. Um, and frankly, I was getting kind of scared. Like I did not know what this guy was going to do. And at the point where I could see the security guard um, of our school, one of our security guards, like wrapping around the playground coming my way, I realized that a parent or someone must have ran and got our security guard. Um, but our school building was pretty big, so it was going to take them a little time to get there. And the next thing I felt were moms and dads, some that were students, parents, and some that I didn't know, standing up next to me, slowly coming up beside me and saying, you can't talk to her like that. She's following the rules. Get out of her face, like backing me up. And I tell you this story for a couple of reasons, but 
Um, the whole thing turned out fine. And the parents, gosh, they had my back. The security got there, guy got there and led the dad away, who, by the way, through the entire playground of small children were calling me the B word and every word that he could possibly think of because I wouldn't let his daughter go through the door, which that's a whole other story. So the way this story ends is um, he leaves and then all these parents were like, oh my gosh, you handled yourself so well and you're so calm. And one of the moms that I felt really close to, she's like, I really admire you. And I'm like, oh, I'm freaking out right like now. I'm shaking, I'm really upset. Holy cow, I can't believe that happened. And she helped kind of calm me down. So. I go back to my classroom. I realize it's time to go home for the day. And as I'm clocking out in the front office, um, as I'm walking to the front office through one of the side doors comes the dad and the daughter. They somehow got through and they're still breaking the rules after all of that. So I go up to the front to clock out. I tell the security guard what has happened and he goes off to find them. So the dad storms in the office, starts yelling at the assistant principal. And to end the story short, we sit down, we have a conversation and the dad's trying to give me a hug at the end of it, um, which I did not want. But when I get down to the bottom of what happened that day and we started talking it through, this dad was having a complete fit because he uh, felt immense pressure from his wife that their daughter be perfect. And when she makes mistakes like this, like forgetting her reading log or her homework packet, I don't think it's a very happy night in their home. And so the dad was frankly panicking about how the mom was gonna react to the daughter not having the homework. Now, we can judge it. I think it's quite a, uh, an overreaction. Um, I actually don't think that's judgment. That's pretty much a fact that, that he overreacted. But that story reminds me of something that I just tried to hold core to my beliefs and that most of the parents that you have in your classroom and in your school, they have your back and they believe in you and they will support teachers no matter what. The problem is, is that there are always a few parents that you are just never gonna be able to please. And every once in a while, there's a parent that's abusive that is abusive to you verbally or over email or just abusive in the way that they don't respect your time and boundaries. So I tell that story because when you feel flustered or you feel overwhelmed by a parent, I want you to think about those parents that started to step up and stand behind me and defend me. And you may not have those parents vocally in your ear doing that for you, but I, rem I want you to visualize that those parents are there. So if you do get an email or a phone call or you know, a parent approach you and they don't treat you with the respect you deserve, I want you to picture all the parents that are positive and that do want to support you standing behind you because they are there. It's interesting. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on parent-teacher relationships as I build out the parent-teacher communication course with Gwen Cram that I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago. So we've been working on this. And one of the things that I have teachers do in this professional development is think about the parents in their class and they plot them in these four different quadrants. And I'm not gonna go into this, but basically you kind of label your parents as four different parent avatars. And one of the things that you're rating the parents on is their positivity. Like, are they a positive parent? So I've been talking to a lot of teachers about this because the course is for teachers, but I'm also interviewing parents. 
And I have to tell you something I've learned from these interviews. I asked parents to plot themselves on this positivity scale. And there are some parents that I know well, and I've purposely picked parents that I think that are very positive people, and I've picked parents that I think are kind of negative Nellies. And there's two big things, two big trends I'm noticing. One, the positive parents, the people that I know that are positive and don't talk about teachers behind their back and are super supportive of the school and super supportive of other children within the school, they don't give themselves enough credit. They rate themselves way lower than I would on that positivity scale. And what about those negative Nellies, you guys, the ones that I think do talk trash about teachers and even try to do it to me, even though I kind of walk away from it, those negative Nellies rate themselves way higher than I would on the positivity scale. And it's made me have this aha moment of these negative Nellies, they don't even realize how negative they are. And they probably don't realize that they may not be respecting your personal boundaries. So think about ways that you can build strong boundaries, stay positive, stay professional, but those negative Nellies remember when they're hounding you or saying something not so positive, in their mind, they may not even realize that they're being negative. Um, So just keep that as a little tool in your toolbox. It's like, okay, those negative Nellies, you're probably not going to be able to change them because they don't even realize that they're negative. But what you can do is, again, focus and lean in on those positive parents. Tell them, thank you for the kind things that they do or the nice email that they send. Recognize when they do those positive and nice things for you because at the end of the the day, that's who you need um, to have your back. Finally, um, (laughs) the other thing I really... like noticed interviewing parents is that a lot of them are bringing their own like childhood school issues into their adulthood and then into their kids' lives. So one thing that might help you is to, and you already probably noticed this, is a lot of times it's their own insecurities or their own bad experiences with teachers that they're projecting on their kid and then projecting on you. So one of the ways to really combat this is to bring this child into the center of the conversation. So if you get an email questioning something in class, students grades, ask the parents to come in and have a conversation and have the student do 75% of the talking and explaining. Bringing that reality back to the parent of, you know what, your student is great and does a lot of really good things. What do you think together as a parent and child that the child can work on and get the two of them talking? So the reality of um, the child situation being different than that of the parent uh, can shine through. Listen, like I said, these are things that you already know. You know this deep down in your heart and in your mind. All I'm trying to do today is tell you a few stories and give you a few reminders about those positive parents out there because that's the majority of what you have. Those negative Nellies, those yellers, those people that, you know, frankly are probably struggling in a much deeper way in their life and are taking it out on you, you have the power to not let them control you and you have the power to not let them bring you down. Focus on those positive parents and the positive people in your life and 
you know that phrase we used to say when we were kids, like I'm rubber, you your glue, whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you or whatever that little phrase was. Think about that. Think about that guy that was standing there screaming in my face and think about the fact that I was able to stay calm, cool and collected and I had people come kind of to my rescue and back me up. So quick reminders, focus on the positive and lean on the positive parents. If they're not even present, imagine them having your back and really think through those thing, positive things that they have said and done for you. Remember that the negative Nellies a lot of times don't even know they're being negative. So having healthy boundaries and staying positive with them is really your only way to combat that. And then also bring the center and then also bring to the center of the conversation the child to help this parent realize like this isn't about them. This is actually about the student that both of you care about. And then also bring to the center of the conversation the child to help this parent realize like this isn't about them. This is actually about the student that both of you care about. So that's it. Just a few reminders on focusing on the good, positive parents in your classroom. I really, really think this can help you get through each day. I want to hear from all of you. Email me, send me a message on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, make sure you're following me at educators to educators. And until next time, my friends, keep on teaching on.